All right, Shabbosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin. First of all, beautiful to start the Dr. Gadamir Hashem in Chodesh Nisan. Also very special to begin with our sponsors. Baruch Hashem, for this month we have four Talmud Torah sponsors, which is incredibly beautiful and special to thank. Um, Dr. Paul Zichron Levrach and Linda Weinberg for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in commemoration of the 36th yard site of their beloved son, Joshua Martin Weinberg, Mordechai Yoshua, Ben Peretz, Moshe, Balea, Miriam. We thank Paul and Kathy Pollock, our Kamatora sponsors for Nissan, for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in the Shalema. For Kathy's sister, Donna Baker Matson, we thank Steve and Terry Zinn for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month with gratitude to Hashem as they welcome their third grandchild, Bunim Tzvi Hirsch. Mazel tov. And our final Talmud Torah sponsor for Nissan, Naftali Tilson from Eretz Yisrael, with thanks to his good friend, Benjamin Wall, and thanks to the entire Shur and wishing Olecha Kasher Visameach. Beautiful. I will say what it's supposed to begin every day with such uh, with such beautiful generosity and such beautiful kindness and sweetness, all of it supporting Talmud Torah here in our Kihila. We thank all of our sponsors for their dedication and their generosity. I will say with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf Chav Zayin, and we are picking up at Gufa, which is two, four, six, eight, nine lines down from the top. Thank you to Kamal Akiva for giving this share yesterday. Shabbos says, now we're going to go back a little bit in Eretz Hashem and analyze one of the previously aforementioned cases. The says, Gufa, Amr Shmuel, Chalotz la'achayos lo nifterut saros. If you go out and you do chalitza with the sisters, you have not exempted the co-wives. So let's talk about this for just a little bit. Let's go back to the top Rashi on Amadalaf. Tap Rashi. So we're going to frame the case a little bit. It's actually not, it's not a complicated case. Just requires a little bit of attentiveness. So says Rashi. So imagine the following scenario. You have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon themselves are both married to sisters. We'll call them Rachel and Leah. In addition to Rachel and Leah, Reuven and Shimon themselves each have an additional wife. We'll call her Sarah. Sarah. Ultimately, again, Sarah is unrelated to any of the other wives, unrelated to anyone else in the picture. Okay, so once again, three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. And in addition to the two sisters, Reuven and Shimon each have an additional wife called Sarah. Okay, now what happens? Now what happens? In this case, Reuven and Shimon pass away. So now we'll say what ends up happening over here is Levi, the surviving brother, and obviously they pass away without children. Levi, the surviving brother, has now a pool of women who fall, or I should say a Yibam pool. Right now, within the Yibam pool, there are two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah, but also I want to point out, it's not the classic case of sisters. Well, actually, you can't have the classic case of sisters where they're going to be married to the same man. That would be Asar, right? But again, these are sisters, both falling to him from different brothers, and again, and their co-wives. So I know, so look, let's look at Rashi. So that's what it is. So now there are two sisters who fell before Levi and Yibum, coming from two different brothers. And each sister, each sister has a tsara, a co-wife. So Rachel and Leah each have a co-wife. So I'll say, what's the halacha? What does Shmuel say? So I'll say, you would think to say, if Levi were to do chalitza, let's say with, now remember again, there's two different acts of chalitza that have to occur over here, right? Because remember again, as much as this is all happening at the same time, in the case in question, we're assuming right now, for our purposes, Reuben and Shimon passed away at the same time. So this entire yibum pool happens, but obviously you have to do yibum with the widows of each brother, excuse me, or chalitza with the, with the widows of each brother. So what Shmuel is saying is like this. If you were to do chalitza, if you were to do chalitza ultimately again with the sisters, with Rachel and Leah, that would not work for the co-wives. Now, what does it mean it wouldn't work for the co-wives? Well, so let's play this out. So Levi, right? Levi's got, a, Levi's got a lot in his calendar, right? Because remember again, he's got to do yibum slash chalitza for Ruvain, yibum slash chalitza for Shimon, two separate things. Now we're going to see yibum is not really possible. Why isn't yibum possible in this case? Because remember again, we've got what we've called or, or Remember again, assuming that we hold Yesh Zeka, 
right? Yesh Zeka means it's a lot of pieces over here. Yesh Zeka means what? Yesh Zeka means what? That when there is a Yibam connection, we assume there's not just a Yibam connection, but there's a quasi-marital bond as well. Which means something very interesting now is happening with Levi. Right? Rachel and Leah, although they're falling from two different brothers, he can't do Yibum. He can't do Yibum with Rachel. Why not? Why not? Because he's got a Zeka to, to Leah, who's Rachel's sister. Similarly, he can't do Yibum with Leah because he's got a Zika with Rachel, who's Leah's sister. So Yibum's off the table. Right? Yibum's off the table. The only option right now is Chalitza. So, okay, so the Shaili is now, who should he do Chalitza with? So Shmuel's coming along and saying, by the way, he really should, should not do Chalitza with the sisters. He shouldn't do Chalitza with Rachel and Leah. Rather, he should do the Chalitza with the co-wives. Now, obviously, once you do Chalitza with the co-wife, then what happens? Well, so remember, again, whenever you have a, yib, a pair of wives that fall to you in Yibum or Chalitza, you don't have to do Chalitza with both. Chalitza with one takes care of the cohort. What Shmuel's highlighting is, do chalitza with the co-wives, don't do chalitza with what we call the primary wives, the sisters. Now again, why not, Rashi says. So he says, if you did, but what if you did, so I'm sorry, let, let's go back. So what if you did chalitza with Chalitza? Now, so let, let's be clear. So we have Levi. Levi's got Ruven's wife, Rachel, and her co-wife. And he's got Levi's wife, and he's got Shimon's wife, Leah, and her co-wife. So now you can't do Yibum because of Achos Zikukaso. Now we've established that. The only option on the table is going to be Chalitza. Let's say did Chalitza with Rachel and Leah. What's the Halacha? Did Chalitza with Rachel and Leah? So Rashi says, Now I both say, if he did Chalitza with Rachel and Leah, what has to happen next? He has to do another Chalitza with the co-wives. Again, it's not, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but Lamaiso, what Shmuel is saying is, the chalitza ultimately, again, with the primary eyes, with Rachel and Leah, does not exempt the co-wives. Only the, only the achas. Rashi says why. Sorry, but I'm just, I'm just spending a little bit of time on this, just framing this case because it'll allow us to understand the rest of the sugya a little bit easier. So Rashi says, Lo If you do chalitza with Rachel and Leah, it does not go ahead and permit the co-wives. Why? Hoil abume lo matzi since Yibum with Rachel and Leah is impossible, right? So we'll say what Shmuel is highlighting over here is the following. See, a strong chalitza only takes place in what kind of case? Where Yibum is possible, right? Where Yibum is possible, but you choose chalitza, that's a strong chalitza. Where Yibum is not possible, that is called in halacha, a deficient chalitza. Now, what makes a chalitza deficient? The way the deficiency manifests itself is the chalitza will only work for the woman with whom you performed it, but will not work for who? For the co-wife of that woman. So I'll say, this is actually quite fascinating. So therefore, what the Gemara is saying is like this. Here's the issue, right? Let's just frame this again. I should have made a chart. Right? Here, here's, let's frame it again. We've got Levi. It's actually pretty straightforward. We've got Levi, right? Who's, who's in front of Levi now, Levi now for the Yibum pool? Who's there? Who's there? Ruvain's wife, who's Rachel and her co-wife. Shimon's wife, Leah and her co-wife. And they're all in front of Levi. So I will say, here's the issue. If Levi does chalitza, with Rachel and Leah, remember again, Yibum off the table, right? No Yibum in this case. Yibum is impossible because of Achos Ziku because he has a Zeka bond with each and the other is the sister of the Zeka, okay? Now, if he does Chalitza with Rachel and Leah, Shmuel is saying is that Chalitza will work for Rachel and Leah, but won't work for the co-wives. So he'll have to go back and do another Chalitza for the co-wives. Why? Why? Because we're also listening to this. So what Shmuel is highlighting is, any chalitza that doesn't carry with it the option of yibum is, bless you, is a deficient chalitza. How does the deficiency manifest itself? It only works for the woman with whom you're doing chalitza, won't work for any of the co-wives. So if you were to do chalitza with Rachel and Leah, what would Levi then have to do? What would he have to do? Another chalitza with the co-wives. But watch this. Interestingly enough, what Shmuel is saying, however, is if you were to do chalitza with the co-wives, then what? That would work for Rachel and Leah. Now, why that works for Rachel and Leah, we're going to have to see in just a moment. But that is what Shmuel is espousing in this case. 
better to do chalitza with the co-wives, and that chalitza will take care of the sisters, Rachel and Leah. But if you do chalitza with the sisters, Rachel and Leah, they're fine, they're fine, but you'll have to do another additional chalitza with the co-wives. Again, let's just finish that Rashi. Rashi says as follows, Eliyachlot, Letzaros, third line down in Rashi, rather what should you do, do chalitza with the co-wives, v'yiftirachayos. And if you do chalitza with the co-wives, that takes care of the sisters. Now, one second, even though Yibum is not going to be permissible with the co-wives as well. We're going to see is, remember, Yibum is not possible in any of these scenarios, right? You can't do Yibum with the co-wives as well. But what we're going to see is that the prohibition of the co-wives ultimately, again, is less than the prohibition of the sisters. Okay, we'll say that was a long introduction to the Gemara. Next, let's go. So, Gufa Amr Shmuel, If you went ahead and you did Chalitza with the sisters, Rachel and Leah, again, which means the co-wives are not exempted. We'll say, what does that mean? What does that mean? You have to Chalitza again. I want to be clear. This is not saying there's not a remedy. Right? There's a remedy. You're just going to have to end up doing chalitza four times. Right? So if you go out and you start with chalitza for the sisters, Rachel and Leah, that chalitza works for them, doesn't work for their co-wives. On the, conversely, litzaros nifterachayos. But if you go out and you do chalitza, ultimately again, for the co-wives, that chalitza, interestingly enough, will work for the sisters, Rachel and Leah as well. The Gemara adds in two more cases. Chalatz l'ba'alas haget, lo niftirat sara. I will say we're going to define this case in Amud Beis, but literally again, if you gave, if you gave, let's say again, same, same case, a uh, Yibum case, right brother dies without children, the surviving brother gives one of the wives a get, and then does chalitza, that chalitza does not go ahead and exempt her co-wife. Again, we'll define that case in a little bit. The Gemara says, litzara niftra ba'alas haget. But, if you did chalitza for the co-wife, that'll take care of the wife who received the get. Again, I'm not explaining it here, we'll get to it later. Chalatz ba'alas hama'amar. Similarly, again, if you went ahead and you did chalitza with one of the women with whom you did ma'amar. But remember again, what's ma'amar? Ma'amar is like Kiddushin for Yibum. In other words, you, for, I'll give you just a simple example. Reuben and Shimon, right? Reuben passes away, leave, but leaves behind uh, two wives, Rachel and Leah. Shimon now goes ahead and is going to do Yibum. But before he does Yibum, he does Ma'amar. What does Ma'amar mean? He gives her Kiddushin, right? He gives her, he gives her a ring, right? Right, so ultimately, that's unnecessary for Yibum because Yibum, all Yibum requires to solidify the marriage is relations, is Biyah. So, but yet, ma'amar affects a quasi-bond. Again, we'll see what this means. If you did chalitza to a woman after you did ma'amar, lo niftarat sarah. Ultimately, again, her co-wife is not exempt. But if you did chalitza with the tzara, with the co-wife, that exempts the wife with whom you did ma'amar. Again, I will say, we're going to define those cases. But here's what you have to take. Here's what Shmuel is espousing. Not all chalitzas are created equal. The highest form of chalitza, I will say, is what kind of case? I should say, not the highest form. The strongest chalitza occurs when? When you can do yibum. Right? So any scenario where yibum could occur and you do chalitza, that is the strongest form of chalitza. How does the strength of that chalitza manifest itself? It exempts everyone. It exempts everyone. A strong chalitza takes care of all of the women in question. Conversely, you could have a deficient chalitza. What's a deficient chalitza? It's a chalitza, ultimately, again, that doesn't carry with it the possibility of yibum. Now, that chalitza is a, is, is a we'll call it a stunted chalitza. And again, how does that manifest itself? It only works for the woman with whom you are doing chalitza. Any other co-wives are going to need their other chalitza. Both say, that is the sheet of Shmuel. That's it. That's it. All what you've seen is there's just three different cases in which it manifests itself. But this is the principle, which is really quite fascinating. So I will say, let's go back. Now we're going to analyze the first case. So I will say, let's go back to our original case. This is very exciting. You know what I'm saying? I always feel like I, I feel like I have to defend Yavamas because I feel like Yavamas gets a very bad rap, right? Yavamas, Yavamas, Yavamas. People speak about it sounds like the plague, right? Yavamas, Yavamas. Let's say so again. You begin to see 
it just takes a little bit more time. That's all. It just takes a little bit more time, a little bit more explanation. But the truth is, we, we could actually, we could actually tackle these sugyas. And I will say, by the way, I just want to point out, Arba Achim, this is actually considered to be one of the harder prakim in Mesechus Yivavmas. And it's really okay, right? It's, it's really, it's going to be okay. So let's just now listen to this. So let's go back to the first case. First case, Reuven, Shimon, Levi. Reuven and Shimon married to two sisters. Reuven married to Rachel. Shimon married to Leah. Each Reuven and Shimon had another wife. We're going to call them Tzara. So we'll say, so if you are mapping this family tree, we've got Reuven, Rachel, Tzara. Shimon, Leah, Tzara. Levi, Levi, you know, is the unencumbered single brother. You know, living the life, he's good, right? Not tied down, right? Doing whatever he wants. Good. So there's, then there's Levi. There's Levi. What happens? Reuven and Shimon pass away. Okay, now Levi, Levi now has this incredibly large yibum pool in front of her. In front of him, excuse me. So he's got Ruvain with, again, Rachel Tzara. Now Ruvain's gone. Rachel Tzara, Leah Tzara. Okay, so what did Shmuel say? Both say again, is yibum possible? Let's go through. Yibum possible? No. Yibum not possible. So again, Chalitz is going to happen. So Shmuel just says, by the way, Levi, the best way to do this is do Chalitza with each of the co-wives. Do chalitzas with the co-wives, because if you do that, you'll take care of Rachel and Leah as well. But if you do chalitza with Rachel, that doesn't take care of her co-wife. If you do chalitza with Leah, Leah, it's not going to take care of her co-wife, which is fine. You'll just have to do chalitza with each of the co-wives as well. Says the Gemara, why? Why is it that when Levi does chalitza with Rachel and Leah, it does not take care of their respective co-wives. Why? Okay, because why? Because remember again, assuming that Shmuel holds Yesh Zeka, the problem of course is, if you do Chalitza with the, with the primary wives, we'll call it Rachel and Leah, Halacha Lamaisa, that is, that is an impeded Chalitza. That is a, st- uh, what's the right word? A deficient, I don't want to use the word deficient because deficient sounds like it's, is something wrong with the chalitza. It is a, we'll call it, it's a less expansive chalitza, a less powerful chalitza. So watch this, why? Because yibam is impossible, right? Why? Because remember again, Levi can't do yibam with Rachel. Why can't he do yibam with Rachel? Because ultimately he has a zeka to Rachel's sister. He can't do yibam with Leah because he's got a zika to Leah's sister. So because Yibam is impossible, therefore, the, therefore, therefore again, the Chalitza, in and of itself, is not as powerful. It's not a Lechatchila Dika, it's not a Dika, um, Chalitza, and therefore, again, if he does it with these women, it works for them, but it doesn't work for the Kawais. I don't understand. Chalitza Lutzaros Nami Lo Lifteru, Achayos, Dahavi Luhu, Tzaros Achos Isha Bezeka. I don't understand. But shouldn't you have the same problem if you do chalitza with the co-wives? Or we'll say, what are the co-wives? The co-wives are, the co-wives, the tsara, right? The co-wives are tsaros, achos, isha, bezeka. Ultimately, again, it's the co-wife of one's, uh, it's the co-wives, it's the co-wife, ultimately, again, of the sister of whom one has a zeka to. So I will say, we always see, what the, what the Gemara is essentially saying is, don't we always treat co-wives the same way as what? As other wives. In other words, we look at the wives kind of as a unit. So I'll say this goes back to the original Mishnah. What do we learn in the first Mishnah of Yivamis? What do we learn in the first Mishnah of Yivamis? If one of the women is an Erva, then who does that Erva status spread to? Everyone. So if you're telling me, I don't understand. Tell me, lady, don't do Chalitza with Rachel and with Leah because that's called Achos Ishto Bezeka. That's considered to be, that's the sister of a woman to whom you have a Zeka. Okay. So how does doing Chalitza with the Tzaras help either? This is the Tzara of a woman who has a sister to whom you have a Zeka. It's equally as problematic. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Kasava Shmuel Ein Zeka. Oh, no, you got this wrong. Shmuel holds Ein Zeka. Shmuel doesn't hold Zeka. What? Only one little problem, by the way. Shmuel explicitly said, there is Zika. There is Zika. So how can you say ultimately again that he holds Ein Zika? Oh, Shmuel is saying, according to the opinion who holds Ein Zika, right? It's better to go ahead and do Chalitza with the co-wives than it is to do with the primary wives. Shmuel says, I don't understand. Ihachi. Again, fine. If you hold, if Shmuel is saying, if Shmuel himself holds Yesh Zeka, 
If Shmuel is saying, I'm talking to the opinion who holds Ein Zeka, they both say, if Ein Zeka, then who should you do Chalitza with? Who should you do Chalitza with? The sisters, with Rachel and Leah. Because also remember again, the only reason we said not to do Chalitza with Rachel and, and Leah was why? Because if you have a Zika, the problem with doing, let's say again, the problem with doing Yibum, let's say with Rachel, forget about, forget about, forget about, forget about, forget about Chalitza, you could even do what? You could do Yibum. You could do Yibum. But again, even if you do Chalitza, so it'd be even better do Chalitza with Rachel and Leah. If there's no Zika, then there's absolutely no problem. To which the Gemara says, Bishlam Atzara de Rachel, Lov Tiftar. So I'll say, okay, so now I have to backpedal a little bit because the truth is, I didn't set up the case as well. The, the, the way that the Gemara is understanding, Rachel in this case refers to the second, yeah, it's okay, you know what, it's fine. People are gonna make it work. We're gonna make it work. This is why I have to start using a chart. We're gonna make it work. So I'll say, now watch this. The Gemara says, I understand when it comes to the second group with whom Levi is going to do Chalitza. Let's go out of order for just a moment, right? Because we said, Ruvain, Rachel, Sarah, Shimon, Leah, Sarah. No problem. Let's assume for a moment that Levi is doing Chalitza with Leah first. Okay. So he does Chalitza with Leah first. He does Chalitza with Leah. I understand ultimately again, Bishlamat, Sarah, Rachel, Tiftar. I understand that the co-wife of Rachel ultimately, again, will not be exempted with her chalitza. It's now the second woman with whom he's doing chalitza. Techeban de chalitz la lalea, vahadra chalitz la rachel, habyula chalitza de rachel chalitza psula. Because I will say, once Levi goes ahead and does chalitza with Leah, and then he does chalitza with Rachel, ultimately, again, habyula chalitza de rachel chalitza psula. Ultimately, again, the chalitza of Rachel will be what's called the chalitza psula. They both say, what does chalitza psula mean? Now again, it doesn't mean a bad chalitza. What does it mean? What does it mean? We'll call it a, a less powerful chalitza. Because both remember again, once you do chalitza, play this out. Once lady does chalitza with Leah, right? They both say, could he do yibum with Rachel? Let's play this out. Could he do yibum with Rachel? No. Why not? That's called achos chalutzaso. You are not allowed to marry, or to do yibum for that matter, with the sister of the woman with whom you did chalitza. So therefore the Gemara says, I understand, Lamaisa, if Levi starts with Shimon's widow, and he does chalitza with Leah, and then ultimately by the time he gets to Rachel, I understand why ideally we wouldn't want him to do the chalitza with Rachel, because that is a deficient chalitza, because yibum is impossible. How is the Gemara says, chalitza psula ela sara de Leah, but ultimately, again, the tzara of Leah, ultimately, again, should have no problem being petura, being exempted with Leah's chalitza. To which the Gemara says, Milo nifteru tzaros. I'm sorry, Milo nifteru. What does it mean when it says, ultimately, again, I'm sorry, Milo nifteru tzaros. What does it mean when it says that tzaros are not exempted? So the Gemara says, atzara de Rachel. You're right, it's referring to the tzara of Rachel. According to this approach, if you hold in Zeka, Shmuel speaking to the Bino's in Zeka, then in Achinami, Ruvain, sorry, Levi, the surviving brother, could go ahead and do Chalitza with Leah, with Leah, and I will say, once he does Chalitza with Leah, who else does that Chalitza take care of? It takes care of Leah's co-wife, right? Now he has to do Chalitza with Shimon's widow. The problem is, if he does Chalitza with, sorry, with Ruvain's widow, with Rachel, the problem is now when he does chalitza with Rachel, that is a deficient chalitza. Why is it a deficient chalitza? Because halachal amaisa, Rachel is now what? The sister of the woman with whom Levi did chalitza. Okay, so I understand that's when we say don't do chalitza with Rachel. Instead, do chalitza with the co-wife. And if you do chalitza with Rachel's co-wife, then what? Then I'll take care of Rachel as well. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what, the, maybe that's what the Bryce is saying. To which the Gemara says, Saros kama. Here's the problem. It says Saros in the plural. It's not just talking about one club, it's talking about multiple co wives. So the Gemara says, maybe Saros da Alma. So about Saros in general. Ihachi, Cholates, Litsaros, Niftirachayos. That's the case when it says that if you go and do Chalitza with the co wives, you take care of the sisters. Vatsaros, Rachel, Mi Niftira. Ultimately, again, but at Saros Rachel, would she really be part of it? Now we learned. Asr li Asr Adam Bitsaras Krovas, Bitsaras Krovas Chalutsaso. Ultimately, again, a person is prohibited to the co-wife of someone who is related to someone with whom he did chalitza, which is very interesting. I don't say so. In other words, you're not allowed to marry 
a woman who is related to someone with whom you did chalitza, immediate relation, to which the Gemara says, Shmuel nami hischel velo hischel kamar. Shmuel really means as follows. So I'm going through this a little bit quicker because we're going to see we're going to dismiss this entire Havamina in just a moment. So Shmuel, the truth is, that's why I'm in a case of hischel. Shmuel's talking about who you started chalitza with. Here we go. Hischel ba'achayos lo yigmar betzaros. If you began to do chalitza with one of the sisters, you can't finish with tzaros. Why not? Tisnan asr adam b'tzaras kravas chalutzaso. Ultimately, again, because a person is prohibited to marry the co-wife of someone with of someone who is related to someone with whom he did chalitza. Hischil b'tzaros yigmor af ba'chayos. But if ultimately, again, you begin with the tzaros, you can finish even with the sisters. This just talking about the order of chalitza. Tisnan. Mutter Adam Bikrovas Saras Khalusaso. Because ultimately again we said that a person is permitted ultimately again to someone who is related to the tsara of his chalutza. Okay. So I will say so in this entire approach, say just understand what we've just done. We're trying to figure out why in this case of the three brothers, Ruvain married to Rachel, co-wife, Shimon married to Leah, co-wife, Levi, single. Ruvain and Shimon die, this entire pool of women come now before. Levi, Shmuel made a statement. Shmuel said, Levi, do chalitza with the co-wives, and if you do that, you exempt Rachel and Leah. But if you go out and you do chalitza with Rachel and Leah, you exempt them, but you're going to have to go out and do a subsequent chalitza with the co-wives. Why? Why? So, say, so the Gemara originally wanted to say, ultimately, again, that this is reflective of Shmuel's opinion, Yesh Zeka. The Gemara then cre- it says, no, Shmuel's talking to the opinion that says, Ein Zeka, and the Gemara develops this entire construct to support that idea. Comes along Ravashi. Ravashi Amar, the Olam Kiddika Amrit. No, Ravashi says, sorry, scratch that. Scratch that, right? This is, this is Shmuel's Shita, and this is reflective of Shmuel's own Shita of Yesh Zeka. Now, I'll say, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Now, remember again, if you hold Yesh Zeka, right? What's the problem? If you hold Yesh Zeka, Yesh Zeka should create a problem by the Chalitza, even of who? Of the co-wives. Others are both saying, if you hold Yesh Zeka, that means that Levi has effectively a marital bond to every single one of these women. So Lamaisa, again, shouldn't she run into the problem, same problem with everyone of Achaz Zikukaso, or Tsaras Achaz Zikukaso, to which the Gemara says, watch this. Very simple answer. Mishum Dolo Alima Zeka, Wow. Wow. They both say, essentially what the Gemara says is like this. Zeka is only so powerful. So what will happen in this case is as follows. See, in this case, Zeka will prevent Levi from doing Yibum. Right? Levi can't do Yibum. Why can't Levi do Yibum? Why? Why? Because he has a Zika to two sisters. Right? Two sisters. So Yibum is off the table. So Ye, but Yibum, says Ravashi, is not so powerful to go ahead and confer upon the co-wives a status of Tsaras Erva. Right? See so here what's happening over here? So the Zika is powerful enough to say, Levi, you kind of have a marital bond to two sisters, so Yibum is off the table, because doing Yibum with any one of those would kind of be a violation of marrying your wife and her sister. Right? The, but Zika is not power, powerful enough to say that the co-wives in Rachel of Leah take on a quasi-erva status as well. Zika is not that powerful. Look, look what it says. Mishum telo alima Zika. Zika is not powerful enough. L'shavuye litzara ke'erva. It does not make the co-wives of Rachel and Leah like sisters as well. Does, it doesn't confer, so I'll say, incredible, right? So this, essentially, Shmuel's whole premise is based on the fact that there's only a problematic Zeka to two women. So therefore, again, Yibum's off the table, and because there's a problematic Zika, you can't marry them, therefore their Chalitza is a diminished Chalitza, so therefore so much better to do Chalitza with the co-wives, because for them, there's no, the Zika doesn't confer upon them any Arab status to the co-wives, Therefore, do chalitza with the co-wives. That's a powerful chalitza. And the chalitza of the co-wives exempts ultimately the primary wives, Rachel and Leah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Tanya Kavasti Diravashi. We'll say, like, like, the, like the, 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 the universe is in perfect alignment in this moment. So Tanya Kavasti Diravashi. 
If you do chalitza with the sisters Rachel and Leah, that does not exempt the co-wives Chalitzaros Nifteruachayos. But if you do chalitza with the co-wives, it exempts the sisters. My time, what's the reason? It must be Shmuel holds Yesh Zega. So also remember again, that's the necessary first step. Because it's Yesh Zega that says that what? You have a marital bond to two sisters, right? Therefore, again, no Yibum. And Chalitza that you would do it, that would be deficient. Because I'll say, remember again, what's the definition of a deficient Chalitza? Any situation where you can't do Yibum. Okay, all keep, we have to keep all these pieces in mind. So therefore again, Yesh Zeka, because Yesh Zeka, no Yibum, because no Yibum to Rachel and Leah, therefore deficient Chalitza, because deficient Chalitza, the Chalitza will only work for those women for whom you're doing the Chalitza, not the co-wives. So therefore better to do Chalitza on the co-wives. Why? So ultimately, get my time. Lab Mishun Nikasav, Yesh Zeka, Valo Alima Zeka, L'Shav Yeh L'Tzara Ke'erba. Wow. There is Zeka. Zeka creates a marital bond between Rachel and Leah. So Levi, ultimately, Yibam is impossible. Therefore, Chalitza is deficient, but Zeka is not powerful enough to confer any Arab status to the co-wives of Rachel and Leah. Therefore, again, Halacha Lamei said, their Chalitza is a complete Chalitza. Therefore, better to do Chalitza with the co-wives and exempt the sisters through that Chalitza as well. Incredible. Am Rabbi Amar Mamo. Mahamani, we'll say, whose opinion does this reflect? Beishamai, this is Beishamai. This nam Beishamai, Beishamai tirin atzaros laachin. Ultimately, I will say halacha lemaisa. Remember, we saw this actually. It was very surprising because from the first Mishnah, we thought it was like ledivrei hakol that the co-wife of an erva ultimately again is asura. It comes along Beisham. Beishamai says the co-wife of an erva is mutter. An erva does not take on the status. I will say this seems to reflect. What we're learning right now seems to reflect the opinion of. Because what we're saying over here is that the Kawaif of Rachel, the Kawaif of Leah, do not take on any of their Erevah status. To which the Gemara says, Also, if that's the case, why not do Yibum? If this is, so I'll say, if this is all true, that the Erevah status of Rachel and Leah, of Achel, does not go ahead and spread down to the co-wife, if that's really true, and the Maisa, this is reflective of the view of Beishamai, who says that co-wives in general do not take on the Arab status of the primary wives, let Levi do Yibum. Why, why, why is this only discussion about Chalitza? Let Levi do Yibum. Oh, that's someone else. Rabbi Yochanan Menuri. Rabbi Yochanan Menuri. Rabbi Yochanan Menuri. Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan Menuri. Rabbi Yochanan Menuri. What did Rabbi Yochanan Menuri say? Bo unetake lamentsaros shucholtsos velomis yabmos. Yochanan Benuri said, in every case where there is a pro- prohibited wife and then you have a co-wife, we should always just legislate Chalitza. Why? Because that's the, because we'll say, because what does Chalitza do? Chalitza makes everyone happy. Chalitza makes Basilo Be- Be- happy because Basilo says it's Asr anyway, right? Basilo holds, Basilo's opinion is reflected in the first Mishnah of the Masechta, which is that Halach Alamaisa, the co-wife of an Erba, has an Erba status. So therefore, according to Beis Hillel, you can't marry her anyway because she's an Erba. According to Beis Shammai, he says that Sarah of an Erba is permitted. So Yochai Minori says, just do Chalitza. Just do Chalitza. That makes everyone happy. Everyone is fine. To which the Gemara says, we learned, that ultimately, again, they tried to pass in the Allah like Rabbi Yochanan Menuri, but somehow, again, time got away from them and they never, they never came to that conclusion. After Rabbi Yochanan Benuri, they in fact legislated this way to always do Chalitza. And I will say now, for us, this last piece is a bit academic because Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, we pass in like Basilo, that the co-wife of an erva has the status of the erva herself and therefore is totally removed from the discussion of Yibam and Chalitza. But I will say, what I will point out is as follows. The Rambam does Paskin like Rav Ashi's interpretation of Shmuel. So I will say, the principle, the principle, let's talk about the case and the principle. So therefore, halacha lemaisa, in this kind of case that we've described, three brothers, Ruvain married to Rachel with a co-wife, Shimon married to Leah with a co-wife, Levi single. Ruvain, by the way, Levi doesn't have to be single. Levi could also be married just to unrelated women, but for our purposes, single. Ruvain and Shimon pass away. All of these women for, fall before Levi. The way we pass in halacha lemaisa is yesh zeka. There is a zeka bond. Right between the Yavam and the women. Therefore, again, Yibum is impossible in this kind of case. 
that we paskin ideally do chalitza with the co-wives, ultimately again, and not with Rachel and Leah. If you, why? Because if you do with the co-wives, that takes care of everyone. If you go ahead and you do Yibam with Rachel and Leah, it, sorry, chalitza with Rachel and Leah, it works for Rachel and Leah, but you have to what? Go back and do chalitza with the other wives. Why, Rabbi Osai? Because halacha l'maysa, we accept this principle that a bona fide chalitza is only in a case where yibum is possible. But when yibum is not possible, you have what we call diminished chalitza. Diminished chalitza is absolutely unequivocally kosher. But it only works for whom? For whom? For the person with whom you are doing chalitza will not work for any of the co-wives. That's what diminished chalitza means. And I will say, that, that's, that's how the Ramah passes in Hilchos Yibo Mechalitza Perakei Halacha Yud Beis. Where the Ramah writes, the Ramah writes, he says, She'ein Chalitza, I'm, I'm just meaning in the middle, it's talking about a case, She'ein Chalitza Pechusa Misalekes Zikas Yibom Mibayis Zeh. The Ramah uses Lashon of Chalitza Pechusa, a diminished Chalitza. And a dimin- the definition of diminished Chalitza is any chalitza where yibum cannot be affected, that is called a diminished chalitza. So we'll say, incredible, it's very, very important. This, this is a very important sugya, because we've just been introduced to a number of things. Number one, yesh zega. Number one, yesh zega, which we've already seen, that's pretty much how we pass again. Yesh zega, although that machlok is, is going to keep coming up over and over and over again. So there is a quasi-marital bond between the yavam and the widows. And number two, ultimately, again, there is a concept of a diminished chalitza. Chalitza pechusa, any chalitza where yibam cannot occur is a diminished chalitza. The, the, the diminution of the chalitza manifests itself in its inability to affect chalitza for any of the co-wives. It only affects chalitza. So therefore, all Shmuel, so we'll say, Shmuel is teaching a very simple principle, which is what? Whenever you have multiple women who fall before you in yibam, it's good to know. Whenever you have multiple women who fall before you in yibam, right? So ultimately, best to do chalitza with who? With who? With the woman who could have a complete chalitza. And that's the benefit for everyone. Because then one chalitza could take care of all of the women in that cohort. Again, obviously I will say, if you have multiple brothers, chalitza for one brother's wife is not going to work for the other brothers. But if one brother was married to multiple women, so proper chalitza could exempt all of the women in that marital cohort. Versus when you do diminished chalitza, chalitza pechusa, that'll work for the woman with whom you are doing chalitza with. But will not work for the other women in the marital cohort. Incredible. Incredible. Ibailo. Good. Ibailo both says goodbye. So now we're going to go back to the other cases of Shmuel. Ibailo. Balas haget o balas hamamar. So both said, now listen to these cases. Look at Rashi. These are great cases also. Chavzainam abeis. Chavzainam abeis. Balas haget o balas hamamar. Both said, this is really beautiful. Rashi says, Echov shemes. Say, say beautiful. You know, I, I'm, I'm reminded of a story. That uh, when I was first married, I was learning in uh, I was learning a kolal at uh, in a kolal at YU, and good old days. We had, we had one car. We had one car, right? Now people get married; they have two cars in the beginning. One car. Remember, it was uh, it was like a tiny little Toyota Tracel. I don't even think they make that car anymore. I think it was declared like dangerous, so they stopped making it. It felt like a Flintstones car. It had tires like with that, like bicycle tires. But it was cheap. It was very cheap, right? So, uh, so we had a Toyota Tracel. So my wife used to pick me up from Yeshiva on, uh, on Sunday, on Sunday, whatever, Sunday evening, six o'clock, whatever it was. So she asked me what I was learning. So I remember at that point in time, we were learning, we were learning, remember, we were learning Masechus Nida, we were learning the, 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 the parak of Hamapelas. Hamapelas, he said, kisses if a woman miscarries and if Hamapelas come in, sandal, all these things. So I remember, like, I'm getting into this sugya. I'm so excited. It's such a great sugya, my pellets. If she miscarries and it looks like a sandal and it looks like this, and I'm going, I'm going, I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm married. We're talking Torah. This is fantastic. It's beautiful, right? And I see, like, my wife's turned pale. And turned pale. She's like, I don't understand. This woman just miscarried. So how could it be that everybody is just so focused on, just so focused ultimately on what it looks like. Like, how, how is it that you're so excited about something that is so tragic? So it was an incredible Musar. It was an incredible Musar. So first of all, I will tell you that um, it gave me a brand new understanding, by the way, into what Noshim Daitos Kalos mean. Noshim Daitos Kalos is not Chazal disparaging women. You're not allowed to disparage anyone 
let alone the most important people in Klal Yisrael. Let me be very clear about this. Right? It's now Chodesh Nisan. Chazal tell us that Klal Yisrael were only nigal, were only redeemed, Bishus Nashim Tzidkanios. It wasn't the men, it wasn't us, Rabbi It wasn't us. We gave up. We gave up. It was the women who caused the gula. So to think, I always get very upset by this, to think that Chazal are disparaging women by saying, Nashim Daitos Kalosim. But I realized something amazing in that, in that moment. It actually helped me a lot in marriage, which is, that men have the ability to look at something through a fully intellectual prism, devoid of any emotion. Devoid of any emotion. So I could talk about a case of miscarriage, and it doesn't even dawn on me, it doesn't even dawn on me to think about the human component of that. There's a human component in that. Someone suffered a loss, and it could be a tragic loss, but I could sit down to a piece of gimar, and I could, I could, and I could get into it, and this, that, and it never even dawns on me that maybe there's a human being, that there's an element of human suffering on here. I will say, ultimately, again, so when das is intellect. So datos kalos just means that the power and the beauty of women is ultimately, again, that emotion is infused in everything. And by the way, that's not, that's not a lacking. That's something beautiful. Because the truth is, the ability to operate with just intellect without emotion is a deficiency that we have. It's not a strength. It's not a strength. The ability to always have emotion in everything you do. So I'm just reminded of this now because I'm saying this is such a beautiful case. It's so incredible, so fantastic. People have died, right? So again, Ruven Shimon, they died, left behind widows. So sometimes it's important, you know, like we, we, get, we get a little bit carried away with the, we have to be, always be careful in life to never let the intellect carry us away to the exclusion of emotion. Obviously, you can't let emotion carry you away either because that could get you into a lot of trouble as well. The goal in life, of course, is to settle on some level of synthesis. In any event, I think it's still a beautiful case, right? But, but Lamaisa, take a look. So, Balas, Balas, again, Balas, Mamre, look at Rashi. Rashi says, Balas, again, Balas, Mamre, Rashi says, Echav Shemes, Achiv Shemes, Shemes, Velo Beis Noshim, Vaasazem, Ma'amar, Lazu, Veget Lazu. So, we'll say, here's the case. Simple case, right? Ruvain passes away. Ruvain passes away, and ultimately Ruvain left behind two wives. Again, simple case. Rachel and Leah, not related. Uh, easy, easy, easy. So, Echav Shemes, Velo Beis Nashim, Vaasa Zet Ma'amar Lazu, Veget Lazu. So, I was saying, now watch this. So, so Ruvain passes away, leaves behind two wives. Shimon, Shimon goes ahead and does Ma'amar with Rachel. Hariat Mikudesh, Sleeba Tabazu with Rachel. And ultimately, again, gives a get to Leah. Don't ask why. Don't ask why. What did he get to Leah? So I say, so now what happens? Once he gives a get to Leah, what happens? You're about to say, now, does a get affect Chalitza? No. But what does a get do? It closes the door on Yibam. In other words, we'll see this. Once you give a get, Yibam is off the table. Now you, only have, you, now you still have to do Chalitza, but Yibam is a pastor. So we'll say, so in this case, he did, it's very stunning, he did Ma'amar with Rachel, gave a get to Leah. So now, Yibam is off the table. So the Kim, the Kim below, below, below Yivna. Kevin Shizchalagarish, Eizomehen Haguna, Lachlos, Velivtatsar. So we'll say, now watch this. Balas, again, Balas, Ma'amar, Eizomehen Kodemes. So we'll say, such a fascinating Shaila. So now let's say, so now let's say again, Shimon, the surviving brother, he gave, he did Ma'amar with Rachel, and he gave a get to Leah. So now he has to do chalitza. So we'll say, what's the shaila? Whom should he do chalitza with? Who, which wife is it better to do chalitza with? So the Gemara says, Eizemhen kodemes. Balas haget adifa, mishum da'aschel baba chalitza. Ultimately, again, is it better for him to do chalitza with the wife with whom he gave the get? Right, Leah, why after all? We'll say, why is that better? Why is that better? Ultimately, again, because you could tell you that giving a get is kind of the beginning of chalitza. So he's begun the chalitza process with this woman. Therefore, Allah chalamaisa, finish it off. Odilma, balas mamar adiva, mishum Or maybe not. See, I both say, this is fascinating. You see, what did we just learn? What's the best kind of chalitza? What's the best kind of chalitza? The best kind of chalitza. Where you have the option for yibum. Oh, well, if that's the case, maybe you should do chalitza with Rachel. Why? Because he made this whole beautiful proposal to Rachel, right? He gave her a ring, her Kudeshasli. The Gemara calls what's called Krova Labia. Ultimately, again, maybe there's a stronger like marital bond with her. So I say, see, you, you hear the Shaila? Should you do Chalitza with the woman with whom you already began the process of dissolution of the marital bond by giving her a Yibaman? Or should you do Chalitza with the woman with whom he did Ma'amar because there's a closer connection? Maybe that's a more powerful Chalitza. Incredible. Amravashi, Tashma, 
Umod Rabbi Gamliel, Shiyesh get Achar Ma'amar, Umaamar Achar get. So I'll say another interesting case. Rabbi Gamliel says that Allah Khalamaisa, there is such a thing as a get after Ma'amar and Ma'amar after a get. What does that mean? Look at Rashi. Umod Rabbi Gamliel, Dhamma the Kamal Parakeh, Aim get Achar get, Moda. Shiyesh get achar ma'amar. What's the case of get after ma'amar? Here we go. Kigon. Beis yevamus me'ach echad. Va'asa ma'amar bazu va'achach nasan get lazu. Mahani get lifsal harishon alav mishum lo yivna. Uleha asa bikrovos shniel keberishona. So I'll say this case we just said before. If halach lamais rubin passer leave behind Rachel and Leon, Shimon goes ahead and what? Shimon does ma'amar with Rachel and gives a get to Leah. So I'll say, once you give a get, that's what it means, that there's get, achar, ma'amar. That once you give a get, even though you did ma'amar, that prevents yibum from occurring. And there's also ma'amar, achar, get. But so what is ma'amar, achar, get? Look at Rashi. In Nasan get, what if, you, what if you switched it? What if Shimon gave a get to Rachel and then did ma'amar with Leah? So I'll say, so what are we saying? We don't say that the first get law, we don't get kama b'makom chalitza kai b'sulo kani ma'amar yami mitzara alabadli mahani yutzicha get. That was we're going to see, by the way, when you do ma'amar, not only do you have to go and do chalitza, but you also have to give a get. So I will say, so let's say Allah chalamaisa, Ruvain gave a get to Rachel, and then did ma'amar with Leah, he's still going to have to go ahead. We don't say that the ma'amar with Leah is inconsequential. Rather, he has to give a get. We'll say the point over here is what? What do you see? The Gemara says, get If get is stronger, then ma'amar after it shouldn't work. And if ma'amar is better, get should work after it. Ultimately, again, you see, rather in halacha, these two women are equal. Therefore, again, going back to what was our original question? Reuven passes away, leaves behind Rachel and Leah. Right, what did Shimon do? Shimon goes ahead and gives a get. Right, I should say, does ma'amar with Rachel and gives a get to Leah. Whom, now again, what do we know? What can't he do anymore? Yibum. Right, Yibum. Yibum is off the table. Right, since, since he went in and gave a get, Yibum is off the table. So he's going to have to do Chalitza. What's the Shaila? Whom should he do Chalitza with? Whom should he do Chalitza with? So I will say, so again, and what's essentially the answer? Either one. Either one. They both have the same status. And therefore, halacha lamaisa, again, you could do chalitza with either one you choose. Incredible, Shamina. But I'll say, Vaito, Amrafuna, Amrav, Beis Achaios Yevamos. So I'll say, here we go. So ultimately, again, two sisters, Shenachdu Lifnei Yavam Echad. So I'll say, here we go. Now, ultimately, again, here's the case. You have two sisters, two sisters, who are married to two different people. Okay, so I'll say, this is going to be, this is going to be, look at Rashi. Actually, not yet. So, right, So we'll say, classic case, right? Two sisters married to two brothers, right? So Ruvain, Ruvain and Shimon married to Rachel and Leah, two sisters. Ruvain and Shimon pass away. And now ultimately, again, two sisters come before Levi for Yibum. So, right, if he does chalitza for Rachel, that's just right. Once he does chalitza for the first one, chutra, Rashi says chutra, l'shok. They both say, all the Marcy is saying over here is when he does chalitza for Rachel, Rachel's done. She's not permitted to marry anyone who she wants. Obviously, with, with caveat, she's a chalitza, right? So at least midrabon, she can't marry a coin. But Lamai says she, she, she can get me married. Right? Chalitza l'shniya, chutra. If he goes ahead and... He does chalitza for the second one. She's also permitted. Okay, I will say that line doesn't seem to be adding anything. All it's saying is that what? Once you do chalitza, ultimately again, the women are permitted to get remarried. Beautiful. Here we go. Mace, watch this. Mesa Rishona, Mutra Bishnia. Ooh. I will say, what about the following case? What about halacha lamaisa? Halacha lamaisa in the following situation. Imagine for a moment, right? Reuben and Shimon pass away. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Reuven and Shimon pass away. Ultimately, again, what happens? Now the two wives, Rachel and Leah, two sisters, fall before Levi. So let's presuppose that we're holding Yesh Zeka. Because of Yesh Zeka, therefore, what's impossible? What's impossible? Hebom. Let's assume that for a moment, okay? So therefore, does the Gemara say, listen, just do Chalitza. So do Chalitza with Rachel. She can go on with her life. Do Chalitza with Leah. She'll go on with her life. And Shalom Yisrael. Watch this. 
What happens if before Levi did anything, so he's got these two widows in front of him, Rachel and Leah. What happens if before he did anything, Mesa Rishona? Rachel passed away. So what happens if Rachel passed away? Mutter Bishnia. Now Levi can what? Can do Yibum with who? With Leah. Right? Why can he do Yibum with Leah? Because ultimately, again, there's no, there's no, there's no Zeka Asura, right? There, there's, there's no marital banners. There's no sister issue anymore. Because ultimately, one of the sisters passed away. Look at Rashi. Mesa Rishona. Belo Chalitza. Mutter Liyabe Mesashnia. Vyafapi Shebishas Nefilason Achaz Zikukas Rishona Haisa. Ve'ena Nikori Ba Yibama Yabaleha. Kimesa Kamaisa Paka Zeka Bishar Yahach. Ultimately, you know, say, this is incredible. Essentially, once, once Rachel passes away, so ultimately Levi is permitted to do Yibam now with Leah. Similarly, and I was it goes without saying that if the second sister died, certainly the first one is Mutter. Now, I was like, the way this case is working is like this. Reuben and Shimon didn't die at the same time. Right, so what happened over here is that Reuven died, Reuven died, right, left behind a widow, Rachel, no children. Sometime afterwards, but before Levi did anything, before anyone, any of us did anything with Rachel, then Shimon died, then Shimon died. So now, so why is this important? Because what's interesting about this case is, there was a point in time where Levi could have done Yibum with Rachel, right? When could he have done Yibum with Rachel? When? Before Shimon died. Because remember, again, when it was just Rachel, when it was just Rachel, ultimately, again, he's permitted to go ahead and marry Rachel. That's not a problem. So now, once Shimon died, and now he has Rachel and Leah in front of him, so what's what the Gemara is saying is like this. The first opinion says, If Rachel dies, he's permitted to marry Leah, and it goes without saying that what? That if Leah dies, second wife, right, second Yavama, if she dies, Certainly, you can marry Rachel. Why, Abosai? Listen to this. Why, Abosai? Because listen to this. How do we look at Rachel? Abosai, watch this. Rachel was permitted, right? When was she permitted? When was she permitted? When her husband first died. Then she became prohibited. When did she become prohibited? When Shimon died, and now her sister became a Yavama as well. And then she becomes permitted again. When did she become permitted again? When Leah dies. Dies again, right? When Leah dies. So this is a case of Hutra, Asra, Chazrava Hutra, that ultimately again, of course, is permitted. So we'll say, so this is the opinion of the Tanakh, opinion of the Rabbanon, that Allah Maisa. We'll say, this is, by the way, this is a much more straightforward case of our previous case, right? This, we have no co-wives over here. We've just got three brothers, Reuben and Shimon, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben and Shimon are married to brothers. I'm sorry. No, sorry. Right? This is not a 2022 case, right? right? This is right. right. So ultimately, again, ultimately, Reuben and Shimon are married to sisters. Reuben and Shimon are married to sisters. Sahalachalamais again. Now, Reuben dies, then Shimon dies. Levi's got these two women in front of him. So, in a normal situation, normal, whatever, normal over here is, he does Chalitza with Rachel, Chalitza with Leah, because Yibam is impossible. Now, here's the wrinkle. What happens if Rachel passes away? Tanakama says he could do now do Yibam ultimately with Leah. And if Leah passes away, of course he could also do Yibam with Rachel. Next second case is even stronger because at least Rachel, right? Rachel in the beginning had a moment, had a period of time where she was totally muteres in Yibam. Says the Gemara, but say an argument. Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, no. Mesa Shnia Mutabarishona. If, if Leah, the second Yibam, if she dies, then Rachel is permitted. Right? Aval Mesa Rishona Asura Bishnia. But Rabbi Sayyid Lachala Mesa, Leah, the second wife, is always, always going to be Asura in Yibum. Even if Rachel passes away, my time, what's the reason? Shekol Yavama Sheina Nikoriba Bishas Nefila, Yavama Yava Aleha, Harezu Keeshes Achshi Yeshla Baranba Asura. Wow. Rabbi Sayyid, this is incredible. Essentially, what we're saying is like this. What Rabbi Yochan comes along and says is, let's, let's talk about the principle and then we'll plug it into the case. Rabbi Yochanan says, Yibum identity is concretized at the time of death. Rabbi Yochanan says, we've already seen this concept before. Your Yibum identity and what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, is concretized and solidified at the moment you become eligible for Yibum. So if Rabbi Yochanan will say like this, Halacha Lamaisa, the moment that Leah, right, when does Leah become eligible for Yibum? When, did, or, when does she become eligible? When her husband Shimon dies. 
right? At that moment when Shimon dies, and suddenly Leah is thrust into the Yibum Chalitza pool. What's her eligibility? What's your eligibility for Yibum? Zero. Why? Why? Because her sister Rachel, the, wir- the widow of Ruvain, is in the same Yibum pool with the same brother as well. Rabbi Yochanan says, if you enter into the parsha of Yibum ineligible, that ineligibility remains with you. It doesn't change. So that even, even if Rachel were to die, so now Leah is the only wife waiting for Yibum. She still can't do Yibum. She has to do Chalitza. This is different than Rachel. Because remember again, when Rachel, the widow of Ruben, when she comes into the Yibum pool, what's her eligibility? Eligible. Right? Because remember, why not? She's the only wife in the Yibum pool. Now again, subsequently, Shimon passes away. Her sister Leah now comes into the Yibum pool. So at that point in time, Allah she's ineligible for Yibum. But if then, Le- if then Leah dies, Rachel once again becomes eligible. So we'll say a fundamental machlokes. The Rav, Leslie High Svara. Ultimately, again, there's Rav. Rav, Rav was the first Abayim. Does Rav not hold to this? Because we'll say Rav said, Rav said that Halacha Lama Rav said that even once Rachel dies, ultimately Leah is not eligible for Yibum. So does Rav not hold the Svara of Rabbi Yochanan? To which the Gemara says, Rav said, Rabbi Yochanan essentially is like this. If you are not, if you are not eligible for Yibum at the moment that you come into the Yibum pool, you're never eligible. That in, you are permanently disqualified from Yibum. Does Rav not hold of this? Yet Rav Rav himself said that any woman who is not eligible for Yibum at the moment that she falls into the Yibum pool, she is treated like, literally again, a brother's wife with children, which means she remains forever asura. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The Gemara says, Oh, it's true. When, Rav says, when do we say that when there's eligibility at the beginning, that becomes sustained ineligible, ineligibility, right? When do, let me say it differently. When do we say that Allah If a woman can't do yibum, she is permanently precluded from doing yibum. That's when there is a biblical disqualification. I'll also give you a good example of this. Let's say Levi. Let's say Levi. Let's say Levi is married to a third sister, right? There's Rachel, there's Leah, and there's Bila, right? So Reuben is married to Rachel. Shimon is married to Leah, and Levi is married to Bila. So now what happens, Rabbi saying? So now let's say Reuben passes away. Reuben passes away. So is Reuben allowed to do Yibum with Rachel? No. Excellent. Absolutely not. Right? He's, he's his wife's sister. So I'll say, so Rav will say, that's a case where I would say, now, say, now imagine the following scenario. Imagine that, that a little while later, before anything happened, so ultimately, again, Levi's wife, Bilha, passes away. She passes away. Right? So now ultimately, again, Levi's no longer married to Rachel's sister. Could he do Yibum? So Rav will say, no, no, no. That's when we'll say that Halacha Lama if you come into the world of Yibum ineligible, the ineligibility remains. That's what we're talking about biblical ineligibility. Right? A, bib, a right biblical ineligibility. So I can't meet the Araisa, I'm not allowed to go ahead and do Yibum. But in this case, I will say these are not the Araisas. These cases, interestingly enough, are Dirabanons. About Halcha Zeka Dirabanon here. Rabbi said, this is actually fascinating. So, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that Halacha Lamaisa, the concept of Zika, as we're espousing over here, this is a Dirabanon. This is not a Da'oraisa. And therefore, again, Halacha Lamaisa, because it's only a Dirabanon, Rav will say the ineligibility is only there when the actual factors of ineligibility are in place. But for example, again, in this case, once one of the women in question dies, Rachel or Leah dies, the other one becomes eligible for Yibum because halacha there is no longer a sister in the question. So I'll say, so let's just frame this here for just a moment. Everyone is agreeing with the principle that ultimately, again, your Yibum identity, your Yibum ability is concretized and solidified at the moment you become eligible for Yibum, which effectively means like this. If you, are, if you are unable to perform Yibum at the time you fall into the Yibum pool, you are never permitted to do Yibum after that, even if circumstances change. The Machlokas is how to apply that principle. Rav says that principle is only applied when? 
in cases of biblical ineligibility, right? So Ruvain passes away, leaves behind the widow, Levi, Rachel, Levi is already married to Rachel's sister. Because at that moment, there is an Isra Da'oraisa, ultimately, again, for Levi to do Yibum, even if Levi's wife dies afterwards, it's not going to make a difference. The ineligibility remains. But in the case of a Dirabanon, I will say, what's the case of a Dirabanon? That's our case. Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Ultimately, again, there's, they both pass away. There's Levi, right? Levi can't do Yibum right now. But let's say, again, Leah passes, or Rachel passes away. Well, if Rachel passes away, Rav will say that halacha you could do Yibum with Leah, because ultimately the only thing that was preventing them was a Zeka Dirabanon. Once that Zeka is gone, ultimately Yibum is possible. It seems, it seems that Allah Chalamaisa, Rabbi Yochanan is not saying that way. Rabbi Yochanan seems to that Allah Chalamaisa, even with a biblical, even with a rabbinic ineligibility, once the ineligibility is gone, ultimately again the prohibition still remains. We'll, we'll, we'll flesh out this a little bit more. Says the Gemara, Eisvei Rabbi Yossi Barachani, Rabbi Yochanan, Basit, read another line. So ultimately again, so Rabbi Yossi Barachani asked Rabbi Yochanan, Arba Achen, Beis Mehem, Nesuan, Beis Achayos, Four brothers, two of whom are married to two sisters. And ultimately, again, two brothers married to two sisters. The two brothers who are married to the two sisters pass away. Right? Ultimately, again, they have to do chalitza and they can't do yibum. Why is that? We'll say, why not? Why not? I don't say why that's a problem. Why don't we go ahead? Ultimately, again, we'll say, you know, we're going to stop over here. We'll pick up a mirror session with this ACV tomorrow with this question. But I will say, understand, we're just leaving off in the middle of this machlokes. Everyone agrees in principle that when you become ineligible for Yibum, that ineligibility remains. The Shailiz is that only with biblical ineligibility or ultimately with rabbinic ineligibility as well. To be continued tomorrow, we'll say, Shkoyach.